All right. Know what it is? You know who it is? We're back. Episode 18 of the Fight Cast. I'm sorry if I sound stuffy. Allergies. Had a little bit of a COVID scare. Thought I had COVID. Had to get tested. But we're negative over here. We ain't got that COVID. So uh, exciting weekend. I would say a little bit of a... It was exciting in the build-up to it. It was a very underwhelming card, I should say. I thought this was going to be... Uh, you know, looking at this card from the outside, looking in on the weekend, this was easily set up to be one of the best cards of the year. And it was only March, but this one uh, underperformed a bit. There was a lot to that was left. There's a lot to be had from the card. Uh, we had Izzy and Jan, Amanda Nunez, Megan Anderson, Peter Jan, Sterling, Makachev, Dober, Santos, Rakic. It was kind of boring from the beginning. I'm um, starting to realize a lot of these fighters in the ufc and we'll talk about this a little bit more a lot of them are trying to become counter punchers and it's just all about who can get hit who can hit the hardest first and uh all of them are really bad counter punchers and it's turning into really boring fights so uh i don't know what's going to happen here but they got to figure out something but breaking this down i'll start from the bottom up uh tiago santos versus rockich uh rockich won by decision and you know, Santos has just kind of faltered his last few fights. He fought Glover Teixeira his last fight. He got dominated on the ground. He got kind of exposed. Um, I know it was his first fight back in a while when he fought Teixeira, but Glover Teixeira, you know, put him on the ground and basically like exposed him for his conditioning and like his lack of ground game and, and beat him by submission. And then he came in here against Rockich, who Rockich is a, I did not realize how big this dude was. He's fucking big. He's jacked. And like he was throwing Santos around, which is usually the opposite. Uh, Santos is usually throwing people around, but he, he, you know, for the most part, he dominated this fight from the beginning and Santos couldn't really get anything going. It was just, again, like these, these dudes, like, I think they're starting to become smarter in the UFC because it, it's so easy with four ounce gloves to get rocked that Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys are sitting back and you're starting to see these fights that are just people staring at each other. And everyone, you know, like I said, they want to become counter punchers and they're waiting for the other guy to do something, but the other guy isn't going to do anything. So he's waiting for them. And it's just, it's a staring game essentially until someone gets pushed or gets in a position where they need to throw a punch and, you know, kind of like we'll get to with Izzy and Jan, but it was just an overall underwhelming fight for Rockets and Santos um, and Rockets won by decision. Um, moving up to the next one, we had Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. I think this was fight of the night. I, I said it was going to be fight of the night. I thought it was the best fight. I, I think that Sterling and Jan had their moments, but I think that Makachev really, I've seen some things back and forth saying that he didn't really do as well as, you know, people think he did and that he was kind of, you know, underwhelming himself. But, I, you know, Dober's not uh, an easy fight at all. And Dober is a firecracker. He's got a lot of skill. He's, you know, he's a strong puncher. His ground game obviously needs work. And I think his takedown defense needs a lot of work. But I think that, you know, I go back to, I think that Islam is just that good. And I think that like, you're just seeing, like I, I joked around on Saturday night, but I think that anybody who comes from Dagestan should be top 15 in their division until proven otherwise. doesn't matter who they are, where they're from. If you're from Dagestan, you need to be put in the top 15 in your division until you're just, you're just beaten senseless or, you know, I don't know what else happens because these guys are coming out of Dagestan. Ankalev, Makachev, uh, Khabib, 
Um, there's another one from there and they're all just dominating their divisions. They're stepping up and they're winning. And there, there was another fight on the prelims. I forgot the guy's name. Um, I can't remember, but he, uh, he fought very well too, you know, and he, he, he's from Dagestan, I believe. I can't, I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot his name, but uh, all these dudes, they're, they're all, you know, and, and Makachev to me stood out because I think, I think he's going to get a big fight next. I think he's going to get a top five. He, he called out Tony Ferguson. Cause I think he knows if he gets Tony Ferguson right now, I think he's going to dismantle Tony Ferguson because I think if you saw what Charles Oliveira did to him, I think that Islam is better than our Oliveira. And I think that he is better on the ground than Oliveira. And I think he's going to just, I think he's a better striker than Oliveira. So I think if he gets in the ring with Tony Ferguson, he's going to, Tony Ferguson's career is going to be over that night. So I hope Ferguson doesn't do it, but it's looking like he's going to, cause he's not the type of dude that'll turn down that challenge. Um, but you know, Islam to me, he's, he's that next big dog. He's, he should be top five. He just hasn't fought really anybody in the, or he hasn't fought anybody in the top five. So he's going to need a, <coughs> sorry, um, a top five win to make sure. Hold on, let me grab my water. Cause I'm going to need it. He's going to need a top five win to really establish himself within there because the light, of course, the lightweight division's the most um, congested right now because of Connor, Dustin, Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, Oliveira. Like that's seven dudes that are at that top position, like vying for the belt. And uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't see Makachev not making a name for himself. And I think he beats, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he, the only person I think that really gives him a real hard shot right now is Poirier, Chandler, and Oliveira. Those are the only three that I think that if Islam comes up, I think he wrecks Gaethje. I think he would, you know, he would right now until proven otherwise, he would beat Connor. Uh, it's just cause he's just Khabib 2.0 with better striking. And uh, I don't know, but Makachev, he, he's, he's that dude. Uh, it's just another like Habib. So I, I think whatever happens, he's going to be, he's going to get a big fight next. And Dober, I'm interested to see what happens. I think they kind of threw Dober to the dogs here. Uh, I know that Dober wanted this fight too, but I think that, you know, it was a little bit of a step above what he's, re- he was ready for. And I think you saw that in the ground game. And I think that he kind of got dominated right from the beginning. He got taken down early and he just couldn't get up. And it was just, you know, he was just outclassed on the ground, had no positions of, uh, advantage, except for I think at the end of the second round, he ended up getting on top of Makachev, but I think the round ended, if I'm re- remembering correctly. But it, it's just one of these things where Dober, you could see from the beginning, he was outclassed and Makachev knew what he was going to do through a couple strikes and just took him down and just sat on him the entire time. He ended up getting him with a filthy, like half Von Flew, half arm triangle. Um, that was just, it was just crazy. So um, that was one of the, well, that and the next fight are the ones that I got right because it was a bad night overall. It was two and three. Um, the craziness of Jan, Peter Jan and uh, Aljamain Sterling. So looking at this fight, Sterling came out hot. And I know you didn't watch, but Sterling came out like, I forgot how many punches he was throwing, but he was holding the pace. And the question was early on, because I thought he won the first round because Jan was kind of like sitting back and defending. Um, but then Jan was just you know, he was just picking his shots. And when he was getting his shots, he was, he rocked Sterling 
uh, once or twice. And then you could see as soon as the third round hit, uh, Sterling like hit a wall and he slowed down. Like the first round was fine. Second round, it was like give or take. Third round was when Jan really kind of dominated and he started like picking Sterling off and you could see he slowed down a lot. And then I believe it was a fourth round. Um, there was an instant incident. Sterling was on the ground. He was going to get up. His knee was on the ground. And for some reason, Peter Jan just need him in the face, need him right in the forehead, shot him back. Uh, it was a legal knee in the UFC and in most sports, if there is a fighter who's on one knee or like transitioning from getting up to the, from the ground to the standing position, you can't kick or knee. Uh, I don't know how, if you can punch them, but I know there's like some um, like dead space that you can't actually do anything when they're getting up. And most of the time the ref stops it and lets them get up for that simple purpose. But Sterling had connection with Jan and Jan just need him in the face. Um, it came out after that Habib told Cormier that he heard the, the sidelines for Peter Jan say like, you can hit him or kick him. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a mistake on their poor part or they were just being dicks and saying like, hit him. Um, but Peter Jan listened and need him and then got disqualified. So I, I don't, you know, if it, it, it's a lot of controversy because I don't think Sterling was going to win that fight had that not happened because he was slowing down fast and Jan was just picking him at that point and he was getting his shots in there. <clears throat> he was winning against the cage a lot. He was, you know, he was, he was keeping him where he needed to be and Sterling had no answers towards the end of the fight and he was just holding on. So Sterling got lucky. I, I think that this is going to change things though, because he does have the belt now. And I think that Sterling got, had his chance and he saw his, his flaws in there. I don't think he's going to come out as hot next time. I don't think he's going to come out as crazy because he was putting a lot behind little punches. Like he was putting a lot of like flair behind like basic moves that he didn't need to. And I think yeah. he wasted a lot of energy early on that I think if he came back or when he comes back and they fight again, he's going to have a completely different sit or um, what do I want to say? Like game plan and attacking yeah. him. Yeah. So I think it kind of changed things a lot because, you know, I think Jan with that, whether it was him or whether it was just like a stupid, like miscommunication in his own head of just like what he can do. Uh, he kind of like fucked himself here. Cause I think that this gave Sterling the opportunity to now come back and like, he, he has the belt now and he can, not that he's not going to fight Jan, but he can actually sit back with the leverage and sit back with the, you know, the, the what do you experience of being in the ring with Jan and seeing what he did wrong and now come back and fix those things where I think if this was the other way around, Peter Jan wouldn't have had to get in there again with him. So, you know, like I said, I think Jan was winning that fight and I think that the judges had it that way. Uh, I think Sterling was up on one card and Jan was up on two cards when they checked the scoring at the end of the fight. And it was just a crazy moment. Um, you know, just a stupid moment by Jan, but we'll see what happens for it. They obviously have to fight next because you don't want to fight to end that way. Um, but Sterling again, like Sterling, I, I wasn't going to sit there and say that like he was faking it. Cause I don't think he was. Cause if you get need in the fucking head, you, you know, it's probably not nice to deal with, but yeah. he, it was just kind of confusing. Cause he was like in the ring, obviously concussed, like crying and saying like, he didn't want the fight to end this way. He didn't want the belt. He dropped the belt. But then after on Instagram, he's holding the belt and he's like taking all these pictures and celebrating with the belt. It's like, you know, I don't know. Like that just didn't say. That was probably his team, like PR people saying, yeah. you know, 
And yeah. I, I hope because like, it doesn't sit well, like, I don't know. And like, I'm not going to knock the guy cause he did win, you know, but it's like, that, that was kind of like a, a, a bad way to win. You were losing that fight. And then to kind of like sit there and be like, Oh yeah, this is my belt now type thing. It's just yeah. like, I don't know. Um, it is corny. <laughs> yeah. It's corny. Yeah. Um, getting into the next fight. I, uh, I took a leap of faith here. I thought that Megan Anderson's size, her length, and kind of her background with striking and ground game were going to pull through in some way. She got fucking demolished. It wasn't even a fight. You know, I thought, I don't know what she was doing. She just literally got touched, and that was it. And you saw it. She was in there. She was good. She threw, like, one or two punches. Nunez just snuck under her arm and just rocked her, and her eyes went, just opened up wide and she was just like this the rest of the fight she got hit like one or two more times Nunez took her into a fucking triangle and that was it like she didn't tap on the triangle she was gonna break her arm so yeah it was uh it was bad Nunez is just a different beast I thought it was one of those times you know there's not many people in sports and I try not to look at this as like you know because I like we talked about before I try not to look at all this as like uh the next Floyd or the next like you know insert professional athlete here because there's not ever many Floyds like there's not Khabib's there's not Floyd's you know these people that go undefeated these are literally once in a lifetime generational athletes and you oftentimes see this with like you know you see it with Connor you see it with Canelo you see it with some of these other fighters where they have that loss like they're you know they're not they don't have the perfect record they put themselves on the line and Nunez is just I think she's one of those once in a lifetime generational athletes, at least right now um, until there's something else. And I'm sure, you know, and I heard someone say this, I think it was Joe Rogan. Like I, there's gotta be some woman out there who's training that we don't know about that has the ability to be Amanda Nunez. But, you know, as of right now, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But here's the thing there. That's not enough. And we talked about this before. There are, I mean, there are fucking fighters out there. It, we're actually going to get the, get into this with David Benavides about people with the ability to yep. do something, but it's more than that. Yeah, it's like, do you have the fucking you know emotional fortitude to 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 push through to, to use your ability and and push through the other person using their ability? Um, so, but, but I mean, he's right. Yeah, there there's there's someone out there with the skills. Yep. That, that either match up with her or surpass her, but are, are they as aggressive? Because that's the thing about Nunez, and something we're going to talk about with Clarissa Shields, the reason that she keeps winning is because of her mindset. Yep. She's just, she attacks. She's a machine. You know what I mean? That, that aggression combined with the fucking skill set is what makes her what she is. Yeah, and she's just, like I said, she's just head and heels. Like, every fight, she's just there. She's doing what she's got to do, and, like, she's just better. And she's not, like... I don't know. You know, like I said, I don't, I think that right now she's the only uh, fighter in UFC history to actively be undisputed in two weight classes and like defend the belt in both. Um, someone, I forgot the girl who just called her out at 145 or 135 or I forgot what it is, but she's, uh, she's, she's essentially the one that's keeping the women's featherweight division alive. I think that as soon as she's done with it, they're going to get rid of it. Cause there's nothing in there. They actually don't have a ranking for her division because she's beaten everybody. She's literally cleared out both divisions. So there's not even like a ranking. It's just Amanda Nunez and then like whoever wants to fight her next. Um, but she's falling into that category of like a, a Terrence Crawford of like a, you know, one of these fighters who nobody just, just nobody wants to fight. 
So yeah. it, she's having a hard time finding fights and the people that she are, she is finding are just not at her level. So whatever happens with her, she just keeps going. She's easily right now the goat in her, uh, in women's MMA. So, um, she probably could be some of the guys in MMA, honestly, she's fucking filthy, but, yeah. um, I don't know. But anyways, so not a lot to talk about there, but with the championship fight, we had Izzy and Jan, um, I had a lot more expected or I had a lot of higher expectations for this fight. I thought that Izzy was going to use his skill and his skill, meaning like his ability to stay outside, his ability to strike and move, his ability to kick and like kick with accuracy and like creativity. Uh, Blahovich looked like I thought Blahovich was going to look. He was just kind of stagnant. He moved well. He was flinching at everything that Izzy threw anything that Izzy threw, he was even like half through or fainted. He was reacting to everything. And I don't think Izzy took advantage of that enough. Um, Blahovich did what he was going to do. He was looking for a couple punches. He was looking for one or two big punches. And I think that Izzy was looking not to get hit by those one or two big punches instead of actually like going in there and doing what he does best. And I think that's Izzy put a barrier in his own way. And I don't think he had to, um, it was just, like I said, I, I personally think had Izzy not got, gotten taken down in the fourth round, I think he won that fight. I think that the only reason Izzy lost that fight was because of the fourth round takedown and he couldn't get back up. And it's another thing, you know, it's MMA. Uh, and unfortunately, like, it's just a part of the game. He is, I've never seen Izzy taken down. And that was one of the things that I was always interested to see is how he would react when he gets taken down. But he, uh, he got taken down, he couldn't get back up. He didn't have the ability and I don't think he's strong enough in that division. And Blahovich is just, you know, the, the, the way that I look at it is if Izzy was in there with John Jones and that was John Jones, he would have been submitted. Like he would have got mauled. And like, so to look at that and like, so I looked at that after, cause I was, I didn't, I didn't agree with the decision completely. And I thought that I, I, one judge had it four rounds to one, which is nonsense uh, for Blahovich. Um, because I honestly think Izzy, Izzy won the first two rounds at least. I think he won the third round personally. And then I think Blahovich uh, obviously dominated the last two rounds. But Izzy did get hit a lot. He showed some flaws. Uh, he didn't move well. He didn't move his head well. He, I didn't think he utilized his kicks like he should have. And I think he, you know, he could have been way more creative with like his ability to use his kicks and keep his distance. Um, but the, the, so the ring was a little bit smaller, I guess. It was about uh, 25% smaller or 15 to 25% smaller than it usually is. So I, I guess that played a big part in it on fight Island. It's a little bit of a smaller octagon. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, you know, I think that that, that destroyed the Izzy John Jones idea. Uh, one, because John Jones would never do that anymore. And two, he moved up and, and couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, he rocked Blahovich early on in like the second round. He caught him with like a left but he didn't do anything to capitalize on it. And I you know me and Jake were talking about before Izzy's got some bad habits on his feet that he was, you know, that led him to being taken down and led him to get hit a decent amount from Blahovich that he sh really shouldn't have gotten hit. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the whole card overall was kind of underwhelming for me. It was, it was a lot of, there's a lot of positives, um, but there was also a lot of, you know, things that I think could have done been done better by a lot of these guys but you know it's just a fight game that's it it's gotta be better and move forward but 
Izzy, whatever's next with him, I think he's going to move down to middleweight, go back down there and just dominate that division until something else comes up. You know, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to give Vittori another shot, which I'd be excited to see. Cause I think he's grown. Um, I'd love to see, uh, Cause I think Vittori is fighting um, Darren Till. I think that's his next fight. So that'll be an exciting fight to watch. And then the winner of that will probably get another shot at Izzy or Robert Whitaker will get another shot. So there's a lot to be had at the middleweight division. Unfortunately, Izzy's kind of beaten everybody. So it's just kind of rematches and whatnot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Izzy. Um, for Blahovich, I think he's going to get, uh, and I think this is going to be a very good fight. It's going to be Glover Teixeira versus Jan Blahovich. Um, Glover Teixeira, a vet. Like I said, he beat Santos his last fight. Um, I'm really interested to see this because I think that Teixeira is a dude who's been in the ring with John Jones. He's been in the ring with some of these like high caliber fighters from the past. And I think that he could, I honestly think he can beat Blahovich. And I think if he can get, he, I think he's, I think he's a little bit bigger than Blahovich in stature and like weight. And I think if he can actually get a hold of Blahovich, he'll take him down and he'll, he'll have a hard time on the ground because um, Glover Teixeira is just one of those jujitsu guys who's just got it and he can take a punch and he can give a couple. So if that's going to be what's next, I'm excited to see that. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of recap two and three on the night, pick the Sterling fight correct by the disqualification. Otherwise I would have been wrong. And then Makachev who dominated. So um, this upcoming weekend, we got Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad. not looking forward to that too much. Leon Edwards has been a name that I've been watching for a while. That's been a lot of talk around him. He hasn't fought in a long time. Um, he was supposed to fight Islam Makachev or Islam, sorry, uh, Hamza Kamaev, but I don't know what the hell's going on with him. He's had COVID twice or something like that or scares and he just retired or something the other day. Um, I guess he's got a lot of complications with whatever was going on with COVID. So I don't think he actually retired, but um, from whatever is going on, he posted something about not fighting. So I don't know if he's coming back. I'm sure he will be back. I think he's just dealing with a lot with this um, COVID stuff. So it sucks because he's a, you know, he was one of those dudes I was interested in seeing and like this was going to be a good fight. Um, Bilal Muhammad's a, a good fighter, but I don't, you know, if what I've heard and seen from Leon Edwards is there and I know it's been a while since he's been in the, in the octagon, you know, I think that, I think that he pulls this out. I think he's going to do it in uh, a round or two. I think he'll get a TKO on Muhammad. And I think that uh, Edwards is going to put himself in that division again. And he's going to put himself towards the top because he's been someone that's been talked about time and time again, as if he gets a shot, if he gets a shot, if he gets a shot and he's back, he's got to impress. I think he will impress. Uh, I think he'll win in the second round of the TKO. And I think that'll, uh, that'll be it. So um not too much on the other fights. I'm not going to dive into those. We'll uh, move into the boxing stuff. We got a lot of boxing to talk about. Um, Clarissa, Clarissa Shields. And then we got some fights coming up this weekend and some news. So I'll let Jake start with Clarissa Shields or wherever you want to start. Yes. Oh, I, I picked Clarissa Shields um, to win a decision. And she did. She dominated. She just too aggressive, just too much. Just a whirlwind of fucking violence and uh just I there's no one I I don't think there's anyone um on the female side that could beat her other than Katie Taylor but Katie Taylor is uh, significantly smaller than her if they ever fought it would be probably at a catch weight um I think that would be a fucking great fight I think that's the fight that has to be made I know Katie Taylor has been uh asking for it 
Um, but Clarissa Shields got, you know, she wants to, I guess she's going to be moving over in the MMA for her next fight. Um, That's what I've been hearing. I've been waiting to hear more on that, but I haven't heard anything from it. Yeah, she's been training, but it took this fight because this is, um, it, it was actually a, a historical um, fight. She became the first boxer in history, male or female, to become undisputed at in two divisions simultaneously. Yeah. Like, that's insane. So there are two divisions that just don't have any belts to fight for because she has them all. Like that's yes. insane. The Nunez. Uh, and then and then yeah, and then the um and then the uh, uh the division right under so she was junior middleweight and uh I I think it was junior middleweight and super welterweight and then um Katie Taylor is uh I think junior welter. Either way, they but so basically within like 15 pounds, mm -hmm. there are two women with like 15 belts. <laughs> I mean, so like, yeah, so that's that. So she she destroyed that chick. Um Clarissa, she she's just she's just so aggressive. Um even when she takes shots, she just continues moving forward. She's like the Terminator. Um, so yeah, she she won that fight. Um, and then this weekend, we have um, two kind of big fights. Um, I'm going to talk about the uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez and Juan Fran Francisco Estrada fight first. Um, it's a title fight. Um, were they junior flyweight? A junior flyweight or flyweight? Um, super flyweight. Um, so it's 115 pounds. They're little guys. Um, but they're two guys that are super busy. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Because um, like, they look so much bigger in the ring, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, well, that's what I was going to say. Um I was telling you before, so I met Mike Chandler today because he goes to the MMA gym that I go to. And like, you always, like I, I've said it before, but like, I've never actually met one of these dudes. Like, I've never actually seen one. And he's like up to my shoulder in height, but just like, douche, <laughs> just like, just looks like a brick. And I'm just like, holy, like you see one of these dudes, like that's fucking... That's an athlete, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and like you see, these it's dudes crazy how the, how how much bigger the ring and TV makes these guys look. They look well, I think look it's like, also like I said, it's their personalities. But then like you're going against someone else who is the size of you, yeah. you know. So yeah. it makes you look, you know, it's not like oh, this dude's only 155 pounds and five seven. Like right. he, he would absolutely murder me, <laughs> you know. What I mean, right. so but go ahead. Um. Yeah, but they're um, so they're they each have they both have a belt. Um, uh, both belts are on the line. It's a, a rematch. They fought in 2012. Gonzalez won a decision then. Um, uh, Estrada, I don't think is. I think he's been on a winning streak since. No, 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 no. You know what? They both have a common loss though. They both lost. So. Gonzalez's only two losses came from the same dude. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's a, a Thai dude. Um, won a decision 
against Gonzalez and then knocked him out in the second fight. And Estrada's only other loss besides Gonzalez is a decision to the same tie dude. Okay. Uh, so other than that, these guys are, you know, beating the shit out of everybody. Um, th- this fight, though, uh, I- I'm going to pick uh, Chocolatito in-, in a decision. I just – they're both really busy guys. They're really similar. Um, but Gonzalez is a little more polished. He's got a little more speed. Um, he's just a little tighter uh, with everything that he does, a little tighter, a little cleaner with everything that he does. Um, Estrada does have, I think, a, probably a little bit more power, but that's because he winds up sometimes. Yeah. Um, he really get, and he he um, he has this uh, this awkward way sometimes where he'll he'll dip to one side and th- throw his combinations while he's leaning. Um, it's actually something that I teach. It's one combination that I teach. Like he'll lean one way, throw an uppercut, and then like rock back into a two without coming back to the center line. Um, he does that often, uh, and it's part of the reason why he um, gets so much behind his punches because he's you know using that momentum. Um, but I think I think he'll he'll end up getting uh, hit more because of that. Um, he's a little a little more reckless defensively. Um, or a little more reckless, and that leaves him open defensively. And like I said, I just think Gonzalez is just a, li- a little bit quicker, and he's a little bit cleaner. I think he's going to land a lot more cleaner shots. I think he comes out with the decision. Um, the other fight is David Benavidez versus Ronald Ellis. Uh, super middleweight fight, Canelo's division. Um, as far as the fight goes, I, to be honest with you, I think Benavides fucking washes this dude. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll pick it right now. I'll say, uh, I'll say like six, seventh, let's say seventh round knockout Benavides. Um, Ellis gets hit a lot. He's really wild. Um, I mean, he's an okay fighter, but he has moments where he gets really wild and just starts swinging for the fences. And Benavides, everyone knows that he is a crisp, combination thrower and that's just a bad combination like the yeah. guy that is open <laughs> that much and the guy that throws crisp fucking combinations flurries um so i, I think he's gonna wash him <clears throat> um but it's important though because benavides is in line to i get i guess this fight against ellis was supposed to be a mandatory eliminator so or canelo yes Okay. So Benavides wins his fight. He becomes a mandatory challenger. Okay. Um, now he, you, you sent me an interview where he said that he thinks Canelo will take other fights and duck him. Um, I think half of that is true. I think Canelo will take, he's obviously fighting Billy Joe next. Yeah. And then I think the, the only fight to make after that is Caleb yeah. Plant. Yeah, I saw something on Instagram earlier. I think it was this week or yesterday. Um, the plan is for, Canelo to beat Billy Joe Saunders and then December he'd fight uh Caleb Plant. Um I think that's a pretty far time, but I, I well if he's planning I, on fighting four times and he's gonna yeah. fight him in December, then that would mean in September he could fight Benavides. Yeah. Yeah. Um so maybe that will happen. But I uh Benavides, I fully expect him to, to, to really just mop this dude Ellis up, be you know, get in line for that mandatory challenge. I also, I saw something, I don't know uh, how true it is though, that 
Benavides actually rejected the WBC mandatory offer. Um, I feel so like I, I don't I don't know why he would do that after he said that he thinks that Canelo is ducking him. Um, I feel unless, like a lot of these dudes just say that stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, unless the only thing I could think of is that like unless he was told that he would have to wait that he wouldn't get that as his next fight, then maybe like. I could see that happening, but that that's that's boxing politics bullshit. It like, could be why he's saying Canelo's ducking him. That would make sense. Like if Canelo's like yeah, yeah, fighting you next. Yeah, it, it could be a thing, but I mean, he he knows it's not Canelo making the like. Canelo like Canelo's like everybody else. You want a belt, right? Caleb Plant's got the belt. Billy Joe's got the other belts, so he's gonna fight the guys with the belts. Yeah. Um. And and Benavidez being a guy that you know is a former champion in that division wants a belt and so he's talking all the shit to try to make that fight happen because he wants a belt um uh but but it is so concerning a potential benavidez canelo fight because i think we're going to see it eventually because benavidez is in that division he's a really fucking good fighter and as we've said for months now there's not a lot left for canelo to do Mm -hmm. but if he wants to be undisputed at the division which he's planning on doing this year um, he's got to fight the top guys and, and Benavides is one of those top guys. Yeah. Um, Benavides said that he, he, he thinks that he has what it takes to beat Canelo and that's why Canelo is ducking him. Um, I half agree. I think that Benavides offensively has all the tools, uh, to beat Canelo because he's tall. There's a lot of punches. Um, he's pretty accurate, um, decent speed, decent power. Um, but he gets hit way too much defensively. Like, and he's one of these guys, he doesn't move his head. He uses that high guard, um, that that we're always talking about that Europeans use and is not very effective. Mm -hmm. Um, so if that ever does happen, I, Benavides is going to destroy Ellis. If if his next fight is like in the fall against Canelo, he's going to get destroyed by Canelo. It's a whole hum. Canelo comes in, destroys another guy. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think I think that either would... way, either way, these two fights this weekend are going to be super fun to watch. Yeah, and I think that, like a lot of these guys, they need uh, they need attributes. They need something that's like not taught, like something that's just like a different skill that like yeah, you know, and like even like the people that have you know, like Canelo fought a dude that was basically fucking six seven inches taller than him and whooped him. And yeah. then, like, you know, the other dude, Yildrim, was pretty big compared to him in terms of, like, stature and, like, actual, like, size and whooped him. So, like, you know, it's got to be uh, – I, I don't know I don't know what the perfect fighter would be to beat Canelo. I guess Floyd, like, would be yeah. a perfect fighter, just someone who moves well and, like, can counterpunch him. Yeah. Um, but I don't think – I haven't seen anybody right now. There isn't – there's no one in, at 168 that yeah. that does that. Not, I mean, no one's going to do it like Floyd, yeah. but there just isn't anyone in that division right now that I can think of that fights that way. So, yeah. But yeah. And I think that like, even with that, it always makes, you know, for me, I'm always down to watch and like pay attention to somebody who could fight Canelo. Just like to the idea of fighting Canelo was always cool to me. So like watching a dude like Benavidez and like seeing what he can do at least gives the opportunity to be like, Hey, you know, is there actually a shot that he has against Canelo or is this just like pipe dream? Cause a lot of these dudes talk and then like you actually see them in the ring and you're just like, dude, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they're forced to talk sometimes. Like, it's just like, listen, well, they, 
it, it, we've talked about it before. It's that it, the, yeah. the the arrogance, the confidence, the ego of a fighter. Like you, yeah. if you don't have that, you're going to suck as a fighter. So you kind of have to be that way yeah. until you get knocked out. You know what yeah. I mean, and then 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 you just got to rebuild that. Like, oh well, well, whatever, man. And then like that, you're back in training again. You're like, yeah, no one could stop me. Yeah. It's just it's how you got to be, or else you're going to get beat up every time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then in other boxing news, um, some Pacquiao news. I saw some stuff on Ryan Garcia as well. I wasn't sure exactly what he was saying, but uh, Manny Pacquiao said they're leaning towards Mikey Garcia. That would be a, an awesome fight. Great. Yeah. That would be a great fight. I think that, I think that would be a great fight in that division. I think that uh, that would be like almost, I wouldn't say a perfect matchup, but that would be like a really good just overall matchup for both because Mikey Garcia is a good fighter. Pacquiao just fucking obviously is Pacquiao. I think, I think Mikey Garcia may be, you know, like obviously Canelo is super smart um, and, uh, and, and Bud is super smart, but I, I think I think Mikey Garcia may be the most intelligent boxer that's active right now. Like yeah. he, he's I like him. I think he's, he's a good fighter. I think I don't think he gets talked about enough either. I don't I don't really I haven't actually he's forgot about flashy. him. Yeah, he's not flashy. It's just like yeah. he goes in, does his job, he wears cowboy hats and rides horses and shit, and no one gives a fuck. I haven't I actually haven't heard his he's name. His and I was like, shit, I forgot about Mikey Garcia. Cause I think the last time I like remember obviously his name was when he fought Broner. And then, like, obviously, he's fought a couple of times since then. Like, he fought Sean Porter, and I think he's he's done well, right? He's well, he like he yeah he lost to uh, Errol Spence. That's his only uh, loss. Okay. Yeah. So like yeah, which way he moved up, and Errol Spence is way too big for for Mikey. Way fucking yeah. too big. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see Canelo fuck up Errol Spence. Just go and fuck him up. Canelo's way too big for Errol Spence. <laughs> way too big. I mean, Canelo's just—he had a title at light heavyweight. You know what yeah. I mean? Could you imagine him for? Even even if he did want to drop back down to 154, that means that Errol Spence is going to have to, you know, make that weight, fight at that weight, which he's he's not used. To. I mean, that's well, that's what they were talking about. They were saying, that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. I think that's a fucking death wish. I don't. I don't. I know. <laughs> uh, Errol Spence is really fucking great, but I mean, come on, man. That's no. I know. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, any other boxing news or anything else? No, I mean, uh, Tyson Fury, Joshua, they're still like, again, it's there. It's pretty much done. We're just waiting on like specifics, details, shit like that. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of, uh, I, I, I just want these big guys in boxing to fight. Obviously, Canelo's fought basically, I'm going to say twice this year because he fought like right at the tail end of December. Um, but other than that, and all these other, what's up? Yeah. Uh, Javante Davis. Oh, yeah. He's on him. His next fight is going to be in May against Mario Barrio. Oh, I did uh, see that. Okay. And he's moving up to 140, okay. which he's, Tank has never fought at 140. Um, so that this is going to be a huge test uh, for him. Um, and it would put Tank in line for what um, Tio wants to do, which is go up and fight for that 140 belt after Cambosis. The winner of Taylor and Ramirez, which is the later next week, I think, or do they move it to next. I uh, no, no, May twenty second. I forgot they moved it back again. Uh, but the winner of that fight, that's for the undisputed um, uh, championship as well. That's for okay. all the belts. So if Tank has his fight, wins, then he's in line to go up there and fight for those belts that Tio wants. So we're gonna. It looks like basically. 
down the road within pr- probably a year or so, we're going to see Teal versus Tank. It looks yeah. like they're, they're heading the same direction. They're going to collide. I, I don't think there's any avoiding that. So, yeah. But it does mean that we're probably not going to see Haney versus Tank, Garcia versus Tank. Uh, Haney, Super- I saw. Uh, Haney had a fight lined up too. Oh, does he? Yeah, I didn't Come hear on. that. I just saw it earlier. Oh, uh, Jorge Linares. Oh, yeah. Devin Haney versus Jorge Linares on May 15th. Oh, man. That's it's gonna be a, good that's a tough one. That's a tough one for Haney. Oh, they, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. that yeah. That's, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I, ah, man, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's and the tough. odd man out here continues to be the odd man out. It's Ryan Garcia. That was the news that I heard. So I saw Devin Haney versus Linares was getting confirmed. And then I saw something under that about Garcia saying that if a fight doesn't happen with him, it's the other side's fault. Like he'll never say no. And he never backs out of the fight, but like, doesn't, it's not adding up here. It's not adding up. like something's not adding up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Ryan Garcia is a weirdo. Um, <laughs> I like honestly, I just the, we've talked about it before. I don't, I think he is the one guy that doesn't belong in that camp. Yeah. With Reynoso and Ruiz. And uh, oh, that's the other thing too. Ruiz has a fight yeah. lined up. Yeah. Uh, with Chris Ariola. Yeah. 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 Um, I think before training with Eddie Reynoso, Ruiz would fucking mop up Ariola. Yeah. I think this is going to be like a second round. Now, I think he, I think, fucking Ariola. I think, I, I think. He's getting this fight just to like tune up at this like. It, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. But I, yeah. I mean, the only thing that makes sense to me at that division is Fury, Joshua, and then Ruiz, Wilder, and then whatever. There's probably be like two or two or three fights depending on how convincingly one side wins with Fury and Joshua. Like I think it'll be, I think Fury's gonna win no matter what. But I think it would be Fury, Joshua one, Fury, Joshua two, and then like Wilder, Ruiz one. Wilder Ruiz too. And then like maybe Ruiz gets a title shot or maybe Wilder can step back. Like, I don't know, whatever. But like, I can, I, tell, you, I can tell you how this is going to go right now uh, because it, that was brought up. Uh, Ruiz, it, actually, who said it? Um, I, I think Eddie Hearn brought it up. Yeah, he was like, I, I think Ruiz uh, knocks out Wilder. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. I think Ruiz. Um, Again, before he was with the Reynoso, I think he would have had no problem with Ariola. Um, I think he walks through Ariola, and I think he fucking walks through uh, Wilder. Yeah. Especially, like, again, Wilder is so easy to figure out, and you have one of the best trainers in the fucking world preparing you for a fight. I think that would be uh, Wilder going to sleep real early, within three rounds. So, and you're, you're right. That's probably... Ruiz comes back. He's going to mop up Ariola. They're going to want a big fight next because they're going to want to go for the belts. Mm-hmm. So we need a big name. Who's a big name? Well, Wilder hasn't fucking done anything in a while besides fucking, you know, talk crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah. Put him in the ring. He's going to get fucking walked over. Yeah. I, that's my prediction right now. We don't have to wait for camps or anything. That fight happens within three rounds. Ruiz is knocking him the fuck out, putting him to sleep. And then we will never hear from Wilder. Again. Like I said, I think, well, Wilder said he wants one of these top names, but like he said, besides the obvious, he wants these, these top guys. The only other top guy there that like 
is a big enough name as Ruiz and then him. Yeah. And that's really it. And, and, and again, like a point they were trying to make for <coughs> Joshua and Wilder. Yeah. I, I never thought Wilder had a chance to beat Joshua. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know where Wilder stands now. Unless he completely changes his style of fighting. He, he's well, like I said, I think destroyed by any of them. Yeah. Well, I think what can, what, what can and will happen here is I personally think Fury is going to beat Joshua. Yeah. I think that he's going to convincingly beat Joshua. I think he's too good of a boxer. And I think if there, and like I said, I think they'll have at least a second fight, depending on how convincing it is. You know, if Fury convincingly beats Joshua twice, I think Ruiz will step in get a shot at Fury, and that's when you'll see, like, Wilder versus Joshua. Because then Joshua's going to have three losses on his belt there. And then Wilder at that point would probably have two or three, depending on how many times he actually fights Ruiz. So that would be the perfect time. It would be late. Like, it would be down the line. But, like, it'll, I think it'll still happen. Um, And then, like, that'll put Fury at the top. And then whatever happens from there, I just think Fury's head and heels above all those guys. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't think none of those guys could – can touch him so it's a lot of a lot of good information a lot of good stuff exciting stuff but uh we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that uh as for boxing we predicted you said benavidez seventh round tko yeah. and then yeah. uh what was the other guy's name chocolatito gonzalez uh decision decision and then uh, we got i picked leon edwards go the second round tko over below muhammad um Light weekend on the UFC. Got some stuff coming up. I think in the next couple of weeks we got uh when is this next fight? Okay, so next weekend we got some stuff that I want to talk about. And then uh in a couple of weeks, March 27th, we got the heavyweight championship of the world. We got Stipe and Francis Ngannou, which will be a good one to break down. Uh got some other good fights on that card. But yeah, so until then, enjoy the week. Let us know your predictions. Let us know if there's any news that we missed. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.